It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show on YouTube. We're closing in on 900 subscribers. Let's reach that and get to our next goal of 1,000 subscribers by time the NFL draft starts in 17 days. The countdown is still going on here on the show. And be sure to check out the show wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher. We're on every single one of those platforms. You can find the show wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. To participate, either at me on Twitter at Julian Council or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council, or you can leave a comment on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday show on YouTube. Just put Friday Mailbag on the comment, and I will go back and find it and answer it every single Friday here on Locked on Panthers. Today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. And to start off the show today, let's talk about the possibility the Carolina Panthers could trade back at six and whether that might be the best option for Carolina. We spent a lot of time talking about staying at six and if Evan Neal or Ike Aquanu or Malik Willis, any of those three guys are there at six, Carolina Panthers are very likely to take them in the upcoming NFL draft here in 17 days and cannot wait for that Thursday evening to be here where we finally know what the Carolina Panthers are going to do. And the key question of whether they'll trade back largely stems on Last season when the Carolina Panthers on April 5th traded, traded away a second, fourth, and sixth round pick to bring in Sam Darnold from the New York Jets. And then later on in the season, once J.C. Horn went down and the Panthers felt good about that 3-0 start, they went after C.J. Henderson of the Jack, then of the Jacksonville Jaguars, giving up a third round pick and Dan Arnold to bring the former top 10 corner here to Carolina, solidifying hopefully that position and also finding a replacement while J.C. Horn would likely miss majority of the season, which he ended up missing the remainder of the season after breaking his foot in the third quarter of that week three game on Thursday night football against the Houston Texans. So their second and third round picks were already gone. Now gone to a player at the time and Sam Darnold, they thought would end up being their franchise quarterback. He was young, had a big arm, was a top three pick. Scott Fitterer, when he was working the Seattle Seahawks, despite having Russell Wilson annually, they would still scout the quarterback class and look what they had. And he had Sam Darnold highly rated. Matt Rule had gone to New York and interviewed for the Jets job. At the same time, he was looking at coming here to Carolina. And he decided that he really liked Sam Darnold. And what they had seen in film, they thought that that was someone that would fit the culture that they were trying to build here in Carolina. As we know, after one season, all of that did not work out. And the Carolina Panthers have been very open about trying to find a new quarterback. Sam Darnold spoke to Taylor Lewan on the Busting with the Boys podcast last week and said that whatever happens, happens. He's comfortable in who he is and also believes that he's a good quarterback that he's proved 
that he's a good quarterback in the National Football League. And you and I and pretty much anyone who's watched Sam Darnold over the course of his four-year career in the NFL, whether it was in New York for first three years, the last year with Carolina, would push back and say that Sam Darnold has not proved to be a good quarterback. Yes, he's had moments. Like last year when they got off to the 3-0 start where you felt like, hey, maybe this is Sam Darnold turning the corner. But then he came crashing down to earth. And there's all the excuses in the world about what weapons have been around him and the offensive line and the play calling, yada, yada, yada. No, these situations he have, he has been in as a young quarterback have not been perfect. But at some point in time, it has to be on Sam Darnold and not just on all the things that are around him. Maybe it's a third opportunity and he proves that, yeah, it was just the Jets and the Panthers, but I'm hard-pressed to believe that right now. They, lose, they also use that third-round pick on C.J. Henderson, who at this point in time has not proven to be worth that. Now we'll see how he pans out down the road. J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson are expected to be the starting corners going into the season. Maybe Henderson uh, put, gets in the slot and starts there and plays well there. We'll see. But so far, the second and third-round picks the Carolina Panthers have given up in this upcoming year's draft do not seem to have paid any sort of dividends at all to where you feel like the organization made the right choices. Why we're only that's why we're having the conversation about whether this should tr- trade back and whether that's the best option for the Panthers. Had they not been so reactionary and traded for Henderson, maybe the the talk is not as I don't know, not severe, but it's is not it was not we're not having as much of a conversation as we're having right now. And of course, if Sam Darnold pans out, we're obviously not having the conversation where they never trade for him and they draft the quarterback like a lot of you felt like they should have done last year, sitting there at eight where they could have taken him. Mac Jones or Justin Fields, then obviously we're not having the conversation. There's plenty of things that they could have done to where this is not even a topic that we're having here on the show. And Panther circles on Twitter and all over with your friends back home, you're not having the same conversations. And because of that, we're wondering, is this the best thing for the team? Because the team made so many mistakes over the past year in some of the assets that they gave up and the signings that they made that now to try and correct those mistakes, the best thing for them could be moving back. Now, Scott Fitter, the general manager of the Carolina Panthers, have said multiple times now that if there's a good player there at six, they're not going to pass up on that player. Now, I'm hard-pressed to believe that that quarterback, if it's Malik Willis, is the top six player in the draft, that he is really worthy of that. Now, the Panthers need to take a shot at some point on a, on a quarterback, and you would think this season would be the time to do it. An improved roster, maybe Darnold plays better next season. You might not be in a position at sixth overall to take the quarterback next year. And it always depends on what's in front of you. And this year, the Carolina Panthers have the fortune, and maybe even the misfortune, because the quarterback class is not as good as it's been in the, in the last couple of years. I'm sure there's a guy, maybe even two, in this class will end up actually being a franchise quarterback and helping a team get to the playoffs and winning a lot of games. But on paper, according to a lot of the experts comparing the old classes, that is not the case. So they have the fortune of being right there at six and not a team ahead of them necessarily needing a quarterback. Detroit could draft one if they wanted to. But with Jared Goff and Dan Campbell, the head coach up there in Detroit's comments last week, that they don't need an elite quarterback to win games in Detroit. They might not want to do that. And they also have a, another first-round pick later on in the draft where I think at 32, where they could take a quarterback there and not have to worry about it. They could get a great player at two or three overall and then get a player at 32. For the Panthers, if they trade back, I would think it would be no further than the 15-16 range where Scott Federer talks about that's where you see the drop-off from really good players to, you know, everyone basically being the same in his eyes from 15-16 to 40. If they can trade back to that position and they can get still an offensive lineman, you could think a Trevor Pinning would be there, depending on how mock drafts – I mean, we've seen plenty of mock drafts that have Charles Cross from Mississippi State going on later in the draft. They've had him go to Carolina Panthers. It's been all over the board. Those two tackles could be there in a deep tackle class. So they could still get a day one starting tackle 
in the middle part of the first round. I think Rashawn Slater, that's where he went last season to the Los Angeles Chargers, who turned out to be a Pro Bowl, and the Carolina Panthers felt like they couldn't take a guy who they felt was a guard that early in the draft. So they could take a tackle and maybe in the second round, or they could wait in the second round to get a tackle and still get a quarterback there at 15. Kenny Pickett, I don't know where he would go. I don't think he's worth a six pick. I don't necessarily think Willis is worth a six pick. If they're going to take quarterback at six. It should be Willis. There's a potential that Pickett or Corral, mainly Matt Corral could be sitting right there at 15 and he could still get one of the top three quarterbacks that they like and someone they could probably develop and not have to play right away, but they could have Matt Corral there at 15 or 16, however they look at it. And then in the second round or third round, they're on day two on Friday night, they could get their tackle and then you've killed and then you got both of the needs that are you're going into the draft wanting. So that could be the best thing for the Panthers. But also, if you're trading back, that means that you're giving up a great player. And what's, that's something that Scott Fitter said that they want it. They don't want to do. So it could be the best option for the Panthers. But also, it might just be one of the things where, hey, stay at six, get a good player, and then let's see how everything works out. And then if that pick is not a quarterback, and we've had this conversation before, you know, does that then open up the veteran quarterback market again for the Carolina Panthers? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting, stats, and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. One of the things I'm starting to think about when it comes to the conversation of trade back or non-trade back, are the Panthers more likely to take a quarterback if they trade back? Because as I said, maybe Matt Corral sitting there, Desmond Ritter could be there. Absolutely. I mean, probably in the second round, Ritter sitting there, Sam Howell, all those guys could be sitting there, but their top three are Willis Pickett and Corral. They're talking to pretty much every single quarterback out there that has a pulse that's in this year's class. And they want to check out all those guys and see if any of them, could be the long-term option, of course, an upgrade from Sam Donald, who struggled last year for the Carolina Panthers after hope, after they hoped that he could be the long-term answer here in Carolina coming over from New York. But if they sit at six, okay, are they going to take a quarterback? Because on anybody's draft board and all the experts, and I'm sure even in that building, they're thinking that one of these quarterbacks is probably not worth the six overall pick. Is it probably not? Well, let's not say they're not worth the six overall. Well, that's probably true. Maybe it's true. Let's maybe look at it this way. Not necessarily that they're not worth it, but they are not one of the top six players in this draft, which then I guess could mean that they're not worth going sixth overall. But even still, if they sit there at six, what's the likelihood of them taking a quarterback? I think they're going to take a quarterback. But if they don't take a quarterback, then what do they do? Now, in trading back, I feel like trading back, the likelihood is that they will absolutely take a quarterback because then that would allow them to potentially take a quarterback there in the first round and in the second or third round, however it shakes out. And it's you have to remember they have to have a willing trade partner as much as you might want them to trade back. They have to have someone who's giving up enough assets and that it makes a sense for 
the Panthers and the team that they're going to trade back with in order for that to happen. And they don't want to trade back too far, depending on who they might be targeting. And that is something to consider when looking at all of this. So I know people are like, we have to trade back, we have to trade back. Yes, in theory, you want to do that. It does not necessarily mean that that will actually be an option come draft night for the Carolina Panthers. Now, they did get calls last year. And I'm sure they'll get some sort of calls this year. And they probably are already gotten some calls of, hey, like, you know, just thinking about might want to move up here, depending on what how things shake out for us and what we're looking at. And Scott Fitterer will do his due diligence, will answer every single one of those calls, and he'll do what he believes is best for the organization. So it's not a guarantee that they will absolutely move back. But if they do, I think that says that they're going to take a quarterback. And that means also that they can get their left tackle in the future, potentially sitting there in the second round. Now, if they, tr- if they stay there at six, then there's a high, I don't know, there's a high probability. There's more of a possibility, in my in my opinion, of their that selection at six not being a quarterback if they stay there because you're getting a high-end player. And you could still be getting a high-end player, either whether it's Willis or Pickett. That, those guys could turn out to be high-end players for the Carolina Panthers there at six. And if that's the case where if they stay at six and get a non-quarterback, then where do they go? We had the conversation a couple weeks ago about the possibility, hey, if they take someone at six, then that might reopen the veteran quarterback market for the Carolina Panthers. There's not a ton of options out there for Carolina right now. Blaine Gabbard, I didn't think he was going to go back to Tampa Bay after they had signed another quarterback. Apparently, he's going back to Tampa, even though Bruce Arians has retired. So he'll be the backup once again to Tom Brady. And, you know, he's had his ups and downs. I don't know if he would have really been a great option for Carolina. Andy Dalton's off the board. Ryan Fitzpatrick's still out there. Marcus Mariota's off the board. All the veterans that you thought would have made decent competition for Sam Darnold, at least given some semblance of competition, are not available. So the only two other options that we've talked about plenty have been are Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo. And for Baker, as was reported a couple of weeks ago by Aaron Wilson, uh, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, now of uh, Pro Football Network, that there is mutual disinterest from both parties. Now, further reporting has, st- has shown that the Panthers and other teams that might in like Seattle who might be interested in the quarterback are not interested in Baker Mayfield at his current $18.858 million salary, which is the same amount of money that they're paying Sam Darnold fully guaranteed this season because of the exercising his fifth year option. Cleveland did the same for Baker. The Panthers did the same for Sam Darnold. You can't have $39 million nearly of quarterback salary for two guys who might not be the answer here long-term. And the same thing can be said about Jimmy Garoppolo and San Francisco. I saw last week because this is the thing that always happens when, uh, Guys don't get what they want contract-wise, but apparently Debo Samuel has unfollowed the 49ers on social media. One of the big hangups for the 49ers and their ability to re-sign players like uh, Samuel, really extend him, and Nick Bosa, is that they still have $25 million of the salary cap uh, dedicated to Jimmy Garoppolo because they have not been able to trade him away. He had the shoulder surgery that he had recently that's going to potentially keep him out through OTAs and mandatory minicamp, meaning you wouldn't get to see him operating the offense until training camp down in Spartanburg. That's less than ideal for the Carolina Panthers, an organization that not too long ago dealt with the same shoulder issues. Now, not not necessarily exactly the same, but shoulder issues with Cam Newton and saw that deterioration of his body as he was here in Carolina and they moved off of camp. You don't want to bring in a lesser quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo who has to have things damn near perfect around him to have success in this league. I still think he's better than Sam Darnold, but at $25 million and whatever it takes trade-wise and assets Carolina Panthers don't really necessarily have to give up right now, especially for this upcoming draft, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But if down the road, 
for both teams in Cleveland, who I think they re-signed another. Then they signed like Josh Dobbs. They brought in another quarterback. So Baker Mayfield has fallen from first on the depth chart to all the way down to QB four. He's obviously going to be gone at some point. I don't know how much leverage Cleveland has. A buyout is what most likely what they're going to have to do with Baker Mayfield to get that money off the the roster. And if they do do some sort of trade, the Panthers give could give up basically nothing peanuts in 2023 to bring in Baker Mayfield and have the Browns like what they did last year with Teddy Bridgewater going to Denver and pay and Browns paying most of the salary while the Panthers bring in Baker Mayfield to be competition. Like if they don't get a quarterback at six, that seems like that would probably be their best option moving forward past that. And with Garoppolo, just the injury kind of doesn't in Baker Lambrum, he had issues too, but on his non-throwing shoulder. So not a, as big of a deal, in my opinion, as with Jimmy Garoppolo and his throwing shoulder. And Baker's still a younger player, higher upside. We'll just see how it works out with his new home. Like those could still be options in the veteran market at the Panthers there at six decide that they're not going to take a quarterback i don't think that's going to happen i think malik willis will be the pick for the carolina panthers we'll see how things play out i continue to see mock drafts that well locally here joe person of the athletic who we're gonna have to have on here shortly in a couple weeks or at least leading up to the draft he continues to put malik willis there but then we see national guys like last week of jordan reed and matt miller of espn.com say kenny pickett i think nationally the narrative is that but locally, it feels like Malik Willis is the pick for the Carolina Panthers. So the conversation of a veteran quarterback might be a waste of our time. But just thinking about how they might go forward if they don't take one at six, I think Mayfield and Garoppolo in the middle, basically in the after in early May, might be options the Carolina Panthers that that's if that's what they want to do. Now Cleveland and San Francisco have both said that they're willing to be patient. But how patient can they really be, especially Cleveland? with Baker there not wanting to be on that roster anymore. And clearly that organization not wanting to have him there in Cleveland any longer. Now there's some drama here in, in Charlotte or really in Rock Hill. We talked about it last week. Apparently the Rock Hill Panthers tra uh, training facility and HQ might be over. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. We're sitting here in the middle of the month of April, and if somehow you have not given up on your New Year's resolution, go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back. We decided a couple months ago, not this year. This year, we're going to stick to our resolution of eating right, and thanks to Bill Bar, it almost feels like we don't really have a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Bill Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow puppy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate on every single Built Bar. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting, and they're better for you. So go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
We spent a lot of time this offseason asking for Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper to speak to the media, to the fans, let everyone know what's going on with him and his organization and even his new team, Charlotte FC. We have not heard from David Tepper as he decided to keep Matt Rule for a third season, much to the chagrin of many people here across the Carolinas and across the world that are Carolina Panther fans. 10 and 23 is Matt Rule's record over the first two seasons, the multiple misses at quarterback. Most recently, going after Deshaun Watson, something that was public for over a year. The Carolina Panthers wanted Deshaun Watson. We have not heard from David Tepper. And now, the next thing that we'd love to hear from David Tepper about is what's going on down in Rock Hill as there is a ton of drama with the Carolina Panthers HQ and practice facility that would also have some housing, a park, and some other public amenities that would be great for the city of Rock Hill as they want to have that tie to the Carolina Panthers. The whole two states, one team mantra that the Panthers have was never truer than when they decided to move all those jobs and move their HQ down there and and build a state-of-the-art training facility and health and sports science facility down in Rock Hill. Now, apparently that's in jeopardy. As we knew back in March, the Carolina Panthers had told, or at least David Tepper and, and Tepper Sports Entertainment had told the construction to stop, halted all that because Rock Hill had failed to issue bonds. And in short, apparently Rock Hill said that they would issue bonds to the Carolina Panthers to give them the kind of money that they needed, the public funding to build a facility. They did not do that. It was well over a year. The Panthers were wanting this money, didn't get it. David Tepper said to stop it. Rock Hill and York County in South Carolina decide that, hey, we have a new proposal where Tepper pays for everything. And then the county and city reimburse him. Didn't hear anything from David Tepper until, well, on Friday, it was reported from Joe Person of The Athletic that the Panthers have begun cutting ties and breaking housing leases with contractors and subs who were working on the Rock Hill project. Per his sources, the team halted construction of the $800 million project in early March after City of Rock Hill failed to issue bonds for $225 million in taxpayer funding. Remember, David Tepper, the 10th wealthiest sports owner in all of the world. Multiple media reports, uh, multiple media outlets, excuse me, reported in March, the Panthers will continue to pay all workers on the site and extend their wages a week from the time project was halted. Asked Friday if those workers had been paid. A Tepper Sports Entertainment spokesperson declined to comment. So not a good look for David Tepper and really for the city of Rock Hill. I mean, to go down there and, and I know times change, pandemic changed things and, they might have had the money pre-pandemic and then after all that happened, it just was not feasible for the city to pay the money that they need to pay. And to give that much money to a billionaire, there makes a lot of sense. But it was an agreement that Rock Hill came to terms with. And they felt like the agreement needed to be amended based on the current climate of things financially within the country. And, of course, within the county and the city down there in Rock Hill. Either way, they broke what their agreement was. I don't think that cities and municipalities at all should be giving a billionaire that much money. But there's a reason why David Tepper has the money that he has. It's because he doesn't spend his own money if he doesn't have to. And now the Panthers are trying to figure out what they're going to do next. I, I don't know. They own the land down there in Rock Hill, from my understanding, after reading what's been reported by Eric Spanberg of the Charlotte Business Journal and Joe uh, Bruno from WSOC, the ABC affiliate down here in Charlotte. And, of course, now Joe Person. It sounds like they own the land. And it's just a structure that's sitting there that I guess will – I I would imagine would eventually get built at some way, somehow they're going to have to build it. Uh, I mean, Tepper has the money to build it. Maybe they don't have all the other things that they're going to open up, but they were going to use the 
the uh, football stadium there was like a money of 5,000 seat stadium for high school football games and other events. And they would have concerts inside the facility as well. Maybe that's no longer going to be something that they want to do because they didn't get the money that they publicly uh, had been agreed upon. I don't know. It's just not, it's another bad look for David Tepper, in my opinion. And I don't think it's necessarily, obviously it's not all on him that this didn't work out. Rock Hill broke their agreement. So I understand why he would want to halt progress. But when you look at the situation of like, okay, your team, since you came, since you came to Charlotte, since you became an owner, the team has not been good. And I saw someone on Twitter one time being like, oh, David Tepper inherited a mess. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? In 2018, the Panthers started off six and two, six and two. Cam and Norv Turner's offense looked awesome. We looked at him as kind of the new captain checkdown, but he was smart. He was, had the highest per, uh, completion percentage of his career. This team looked great. People were talking about Super Bowl after blowing out the Buccaneers, I think in like week seven or maybe week eight of that season. Six and two start, everything falls apart because the defense wasn't great. And then Cam had his shoulder fall apart late in the season. And that's why the Panthers didn't make the playoffs. But then coming back, Heading into 2019, there still was a ton of talk about going to the playoffs that year. I remember when I was looking at FNZ, when they brought in Gerald McCoy, everyone's like, yeah, playoffs, absolutely playoffs are going to happen this season. There was nothing but positivity surrounding this organization when David Tepper first got here. He was drinking beer with the fans. He put the logo on the field. People were loving everything that he was saying about how he wanted to make that the Charlotte the entertainment capital of the Carolinas, even though it's already that and there's not another city in the region here in the two states that would even equal and equate to what Charlotte can provide from that kind of standpoint. But whatever, David Tepper has this grand vision of Charlotte and what he wanted to do for the city and for the organization and never having them at a competitive disadvantage. So all the things were great. We were feeling great about it. But losing season 2018 after Cam gets hurt, same thing in 2019 when Cam gets hurt. Yes, they go there four and two when Kyle Allen starts and everyone's feeling good about that team. But then Kyle Allen proves that he's not a starting quarterback. He's going to be a solid backup. He certainly proved that during his time here in Carolina. Team falls apart. Will Greer has two ill-fated starts. Perry Fuel becomes the interim head coach after they fire Ron Rivera four weeks left in the season. And then David Tepper brings in Matt Rule. Unfortunately, a pandemic happens. Rule makes multiple bad decisions at quarterback. David Tepper is certainly behind some of those as well. Keeps Marty Herney here for a season too long. Fader is now here. It's been losing season. Horrible since David Tepper got here to Carolina and he has not spoken to the organization or sorry, not to the fan base or media since we heard from him in December of 2020 with two weeks left in the season after he fired Marty Herney or mutually parted ways, putting that in quotes and saying that they have to be in constant pursuit of that quarterback and all these kind of things. And they were in pursuit, didn't get Stafford, didn't get Deshaun Watson. And now to boot, you have this going on in Rock Hill where for him, all right, you're going down to the city. You bought the land. You, you want to get these tax breaks with the state of South Carolina is going to give you. You want to get the local taxpayer funding, which Rock Hill was going to give you. And now the bonds, part of the bond issue was that the Panthers needed to give the, the loaner for the city of Rock Hill enough of information on how this would impact the city positively for them to give the loan to Rock Hill. Because Rock Hill didn't just have the money straight up like David Tepper has. Apparently, the Panthers didn't ever give sufficient enough information to the loaner, which was the halt, the delay, for why they were not able to get the bonds out in time. And it was supposed to be something they were going to talk about. I don't know what's going on. That's from everything I've read. That seemed to be the issue. The Panthers played a part of it in not giving the sufficient amount of information to the loaner so that they could give the bond or give out the money so Rock Hill could then issue the bonds. So the Panthers aren't lily white in all of this. It's never a good 
idea. I mean, it's never a good look for a billionaire, especially David Tepper, to have this kind of money and then to be asking people to do all this kind of stuff. And I know people want to bring up, well, Stan Kroenke built his own stadium. Okay, well, also look at what happened in in his home of St. Louis and how all that played out. And it's a way better imbe- investment to build a $5 billion stadium in Los Angeles than in St. Louis, Missouri. That's just common sense right there. In, but with David Tepper, you have all these things going on. We have not heard from him. And now you're alienating a portion of your fan base who lives across the border there in South Carolina. It just doesn't seem like a good look overall to be going to war and to be at odds with a city and with politicians there locally who wanted to have this project and help you do this. And then when they give up, when they come up with a different proposal, albeit they broke the first agreement, you don't want to answer at all. And then you're just going to start breaking these contracts and subleases and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's unfortunate to see it happening down there in Rock Hill. I know personally, I was excited to see what that facility would be like and what it might be able to do to maybe grow that area down there in Rock Hill, South Carolina and York County. I'm sure eventually it will all get worked out and that they will build that facility. I just don't know what exactly it's going to look like as we had seen what it was planned to be. We'll see what it will be. So I don't know, just another controversy surrounding David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. Again, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show on YouTube. Almost 900 subscribers. Just get there, then let's get to 1,000 before the draft in 17 days. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, answer weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me, DM me, or send in a comment on a YouTube show from Monday through Thursday of that week. Now answer your questions every single Friday and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts because we are on every single one of those platforms. In the meantime, be safe, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.